CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Right now in OA, a brutal week for banks, even with today's regional rebound. Are options traders still running away from the sector or have some bank bulls started to nibble on these names again? Plus, earnings ahead for Disney, the entertainment giant stuck in neutral for the last couple of months. What will it take for the stock to get the magic back? And later, inside Apple's monster rally, silver shining returns in 2023, and Carvana's questionable comeback in the last 24 hours. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Options Action. We're live at the NASDAQ market site on the desk tonight. Mike Coe, Carter Worth, and Brian Sutland. We begin with a wild week for the regional banks. The KRE rebounding more than 6% today, but the group is still down 10% this week. Some of the biggest losers, PacWest, First Horizon, Western Alliance, and more. But Mike is starting to see some options traders nibbling at some of these names. Mike, what are you watching? Yeah, so I, I think the best thing to take a look at, if you're trying to get a sense of where investor sentiment is, is just to try to take a look at a proxy for the entire space. And that proxy is KRE, the ETF that tracks regional banks. Now, this was one of the bu- busiest options that we saw yesterday. It traded over a million contracts. And of course, in a lot of the single names, the constituents, some of the stocks that you just mentioned, During the course of the week, we saw a lot of bearish bets, especially early in the week, and some of those turned out to be quite prescient. But actually, yesterday, on all of that volume that we were seeing, actually, the sentiment on balance in KRE was actually positive. Calls did out trade puts, but actually, we measure positive sentiment two ways. One is with call buying, of course, and the other is with put selling. And what we're seeing is that there are some folks who believe that some of the damage in this space may be done. One of the bullish bets that we saw was a really big purchase of the July 4043 call spread. We saw close to 16,000 of those go up as a single print. And I think there are some institutional players in there that are starting to think that the damage may be coming to closer to the bottom anyway. And look, there's a couple of things you need if you're going to try to catch the falling knife. One we would really like to see is some policymaker support that suggests that there is going to be some end in sight. But the other is just for some buyers to start stepping in, buyers in the options, buyers in the stock. And we're beginning to see both. Carter, how about the charts? That's right. Well, on an aggressive sell-off, I think the technique that works here is continue to sell premium. We discussed this last week, actually, as a group, below the market. But let's look at the charts and try to figure it out together. Two simple charts. Is this sell-off any different, it turns out, than the 2019-2020 sell-off associated with COVID? In fact, they're quite analogous. That sell-off, we know why a pandemic was 58 you see it there. The sell-off is 56. It's also just the sheer steepness of the drop, um, meaning it's not out of nowhere. It was weakness proceeding that then gives way to capitulation. Look at the second iteration, second chart. We're down to a well-defined trend line. Um, again, my haunch here is to sort of be bold where there's fear to sell premium. So put credit spreads. Carter, just quickly on that chart, does it matter what the context of the move was in, you know, the first drawdown that you're pointing to, that the broader markets also drew down a similar amount? Or, you know, and this time it's a little bit different because it's this group that's seen the decline? 
Well, I suppose one could say that obviously the correlations were very high during um, COVID, right? Whereas that's not the case here. But remember, there are plenty of stocks that are down energy stocks and uh, certain consumer stocks at 52-week lows. Ford Motor, Halcoa, they're down as much as mm -hmm. regional banks. Uh, it's just taking a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, Brian, just quickly, this seems like the perfect kind of sector, you know, or, or stocks to play with options. I mean, if you want to sort of take a flyer on a huge bounce. Yeah, and we did see that. I mean, to touch on Mike's point, the put-to-call ratio in KRE uh, basically went from around two to one to about, you know, one to one or calls outpacing puts just a little bit. And so there was this shift in sentiment. You know, I would probably play to the call side if I was going to play to the upside. We saw an extreme volatility suck, meaning basically volatility, implied vols come down, option premiums actually decline pretty hard today in a lot of the regional banks, not just the ETF itself, but we saw that in some of the individual names as well. That's probably why VIX and spikes and volatility came down so hard throughout the day. I think that gives some opportunity. If you're going to play to the upside, I'd rather use a call option to do that because I still think, you know, we, we may have to sort of retest and bounce around these lows here before all is said and done. And, and I'm never one to just sort of catch the falling knife and be the first guy in. That's just my nature. But so that's why we probably use a call option in a lot of cases if I'm going to play to the upside. All right, let's get to metals now. Silver tearing away from the broader market over the last few months, up more than 20 percent since March. Mike's laying out a trade for those who think there could be more room to run. Mike. Yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting setup that we're seeing in precious metals. And I know we're going to hear from Carter who has more intelligent things to talk about from a technical point of view. But we are, of course, in many of these areas. I was looking at gold, for example, coming very close to testing these all-time highs. And it definitely feels like we're in a situation where I, I think there is the potential for that breakout that I think a lot of people have been waiting for. And I think the fundamental backdrop that could potentially uh, help make that happen is just what we were hearing from the Fed this week. You know, if rates continue to rise, that obviously is going to be uh, a negative for, you know, inflation fighting animals like precious metals. But what we're hearing is that there's a chance for a potential pause. And this while inflation still remains at relatively high levels. Uh, and so I think if we do get that pause, that really is, I think, the reason. And that's probably what we're seeing people bet on uh, for that upside move. Now, I will point out that there is an interesting dynamic that exists in the options prices for the precious metals for a lot of commodities, actually. And that is that we're in equities and equity proxies like the indexes and, and ETFs. We often see puts trade at a big premium to calls. Sometimes in commodities, that's not the case. We'll see out-of-the-money calls trade at big premiums. We call that call skew. And right now, implied volatility remains relatively elevated. So the trade I'm looking for on SLV to play for some upside is a trade that we don't talk about that often. It's actually an in-the-money call spread. I was looking out to the June 30th weeklies. Why the June 30th weeklies? Well, they happen to have half-dollar strikes out there. And so with SLV trading around 23 and a half, I was actually looking at the in-the-money June 30th, 22 and a half calls. Those cost about $1.70 when I was looking at that earlier today. And then selling the 26 and a half strike out of the money calls for 33 cents against it. Now, bear in mind, those are about a dollar in the money. So what's really going on here is that the extrinsic premium, that's how much decay on a standstill basis you have to pay if you own a call spread between now and expiration is significantly less because a lot of the premium in that uh, call is actually intrinsic value. It's already in the money by that amount, and that reduces the decay. I think that's a way to play this for the upside. Carter, what do the charts look like? Right. Well, so we know that, of course, silver, gold are doing very, very well relative to 
equities on a trailing 12-month basis. But let's look at a few charts. This is a comparative chart, and it's not the market, the stocks versus the metal. This is the metal, silver, versus silver miners. The SIL is the ticker. And if you really want to be aggressive, you want to play the miners, you get beta operating leverage out of these companies. But either way, they're both good, SIL and SLV. Let's look at them individually. SLV, the ETF that mirrors the metal, uh, has made an important turn. Again, outperforming equities as an asset class. And then SIL, um, which is the ETF for silver miners. Keep in mind three stocks, um, Wheaton, uh, Hecla, uh, and one other, about 50% of the weight. But SIL, a textbook, bearish to bullish reversal buy. All right, let's get to one of the biggest movers from just the last 24 hours. And we're talking, of course, about Apple. Shares jumping after better than expected results yesterday, bringing the tech titans yearly gains to nearly 34%. But can the climb continue? Brian, what's your take? Well, we laid out last week a risk reversal trade was basically a wait and see, see how earnings go. But if it moves to the upside, I want to get long it. So that paid off. But I think where you're at right now is a market that basically felt a little bit of a bear trap kind of run today off the numbers. I would have expected, given the low unemployment rate, that people would be worried about interest rates moving higher, and that would be a doldrum on the, on the market. And Apple is very highly correlated to the S&P 500, but obviously the earnings pushed it higher here. This might be an opportunity sort of to take some profits, whether I'm selling an upside call against that or buying a downside put. While I continue to maintain ownership of the stock, I would rather probably look to protect it for some degree, owning a put or selling a call. Yeah. Carter, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think we're getting back to where we were almost a year ago where it's sell it all. Uh, this is um, euphoric. It's funny, I had a, a conversation with a page one holder. That means an institution that's top 15, 20 holders of the stock. They characterize it as a punk quarter. That's an interesting phrase. But technically, oh. steep, uncorrected, not in the direction uh, that I myself have been playing for, uh, but overdone by all measures. So you're saying to, to sell it all, or I we're will. almost yep. there? We are. I, we, what's the upside? I mean, the, it's, it's going to gap again. It's got everything and everyone loving it. Okay. Carter says to sell Apple. All right, we want to tackle one more name before we had to break, and that would be Carvana. It's been a battleground stock for a while. Shares surging nearly 25% today, but still down more than 80% in the past year. The options action has been off the charts um, Mike, you follow this one for fun, really. What do you make of it? Yeah, and, and I think that's what you should be doing is, is you know, watching this much like you might watch an exciting, uh, you know, boxing match or something. Uh, this is a company that still has significant operating problems. And one of the reasons why you're seeing so much volatility and why you see, you're seeing so much options activity in it is because the company also carries substantial amounts of debt. You know, the company is over 80% debt. So you can think about it this way that if you know, the value of the whole business changes by 20% this way or that, that basically takes out all the equity or doubles it overnight. And so that's one of the reasons why I think people are using options, because they recognize the significant risk that the company faces. I mean, this company, and there are some others, of course, that we know about that have been flirting with bankruptcy. You know, we're looking at companies like Bed Bath & Beyond. This is a really binary situation. Will they live or die? And I can see why people are playing options with it, especially now that the stock has actually gotten back above that penny stock level. It's above $5, now closing close to 9 I think, now. What does the chart uh, say, Carter? Live or die? Well, I mean, at one point, this stock was down 99%. That's a hell of a feat. Now here we are. Uh, listen, 
it's a rally to a difficult level. Interestingly, not only is that chart on the screen uh, fairly straightforward, that's a downtrend, and it's a counter trend to that downtrend um, line. The stock closed on the absolute low today, which is to say there was opening euphoria, the stock gapped up, and then all day long it just slipped, 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 and closed on the low, still up a lot. But that's not very, um, I don't think, intraday bullish action. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website and our newsletter. There's much more Options Action right after this. Earning season is rolling on. So are we. We're designing options plays to hedge Disney's role in the streaming wars and PayPal's place in a slowing retail environment. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Welcome back to OA, another big week of earnings on deck, and that means an option setup for some of the biggest names reporting. First up, Disney reporting Wednesday after the bell. Shares are up more than 15% this year, doubling the broader market's performance. But can the magic continue? Mike has got a way to play it. Mike. Yeah, I think options are definitely the way we're going to want to play it. I mean, if we think about Disney, uh, think about uh, basically the sector of which it is a constituent. I'm thinking about the communication sector. Anybody who's familiar with the communication select sector will realize that this is a highly bifurcated market. At the top of the list, you've got names like Meta, which has obviously knocked the cover off the ball up 100 percent. And then you've got names that reported this week, like Paramount, which I was unfortunately a holder of and experienced one of its worst post-earnings drawdowns ever. I think it may have actually been its worst, even going back to when they called themselves Viacom, that thing suspending a portion of their dividend and, and obviously a very ugly picture. So it's interesting because, of course, Walt Disney is playing in some of the same places that these other companies are and in some that they are not. So just taking a look at the streaming side, that's what hurt Paramount. Now, Walt Disney has been adding a tremendous amount of subscribers and investing heavily. Now, yielding subscribers is one thing, but of course, we'd like to see them yield some money. That's where Paramount fell flat. Their parks have been doing reasonably well. And of course, they have the crown jewel for entertainment, and that would be ESPN. But there's some uncertainty about how they're going to proceed with that. They're trying to separate it a little bit from the business. Are they going to spin it off? All of these things, I think, are very important. Right now, the options market is implying a move of about 6%, which is actually in line with what it has experienced over the course of the last eight reported quarters or so. What that tells us is that assuming we're going to get a move that's similar to the ones that we have been seeing, that options are fairly priced. I think the way to play this one going into earnings is with an upside call spread. I was looking at a relatively tight call spread, the 105.110s in June. That was going to cost me a little over a $1.30 contract. That's more than the 25% distance between the strikes that we would usually like to spend, which would be about a buck and a quarter. But, you know, this is relatively tight to the stock. It gives us a little bit of time to expiration. You know, I think it's going to be iffy. If you're going to try to focus on on what they're doing this quarter and see where people might be trading the stock coming out of that, I think it's going to be the parks numbers that are going to matter. And then, of course, trying to take a look at what the investment is going to be, um, basically, for the streaming businesses and whether that's going to start seeing profits. 
Carter, what does the chart look like? Yeah, I'm in the pair, pair of twos camp here. This is uh, a stock that is just sort of, well, it's quiescent. It's still in a downtrend. I'd rather see life that gets it above the downtrend line. Um, remember, the chartist is a coward. I want you to go first. I'll be right behind you. <laughs> next Your up, money, PayPal. Yeah, <laughs> PayPal's the next one we're looking at. The fintech stock underperforming the broader market up 5% so far this year. Brian's laying in a trade ahead of the results on Monday. Brian, what are you doing? Yeah, the stock was pretty strong today, up over 4% itself. And look, there's earnings on Monday. It comes out after the close, and the stock's had a nice move here. But it's lagged some of its counterparts in terms of payment services. Visa, MasterCard have outperformed it. American Express has outperformed it over the last six months or so. So I think there's some catching up to do if it can sort of break out of this doldrum here, this this sort of trend that has been you know in this range-bound area. It can move to the upside. And it's looking more and more like a value play itself. I fully expect the earnings growth to be come in at 23, 25% guidance going forward, which when a stock is trading in the teens on a multiple PE, that seems relatively cheap on a valuation basis. And so here's a stock that's already moved. Maybe I don't want to jump in and chase the stock. I'll use options to play this to the upside. And when I do that, I'm looking at sort of a call spread, but it's a it's a vertical in terms of using two separate months to do that, two separate expirations. So I'm looking to buy the June 70 or yeah, the June 70 calls for just under eight bucks, sell a May 80 call. Now this is an expiration that expires next Friday. So as long as the stock doesn't sort of gap through 80, which would be quite a big move for the stock after earnings. We haven't seen that in the past on previous earnings, move that great amount to the upside. I get to capture that extra dollar, sort of lower the cost of the call that I initially bought in June, and hopefully continue to play this to the upside, because I think it's got some catching up to do to some of its competitors. Carter? Yeah, here again, another stock that's in an established downtrend, and the question is, uh, does one speculate uh, going into the earnings? I mean, obviously, there's risk to that, and there's great reward. My hunch is to leave it alone. Uh, no trade. Say it, Carter. Just say it. Pair no twos, trade. right? <laughs> well, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> okay. All right. Now we can move on. Up next, a coffee catch-up. How to navigate Starbucks after its earnings spill. Options, actions, back in two. Welcome back to Options Action. Last week, Mike laid out a trade on Starbucks ahead of earnings. Shares took a nosedive after results, down more than 6% since then. So, Mike, how are you navigating this one? Yeah, yeah this is an interesting situation, a good uh, sort of case for using options. Take a look at what happened. The stock fell about 10 bucks from 115 down. Uh, it's around just under 105 right now. Remember the trade we actually targeted the upside of 125. So by using options, obviously, we risk less than purchasing the stock. But unfortunately, because the move down was so severe, there isn't a whole lot of premium left in that call spread, about 40 cents. But the interesting thing is now we have new information. And I think that basically the stock has reset to a new level. I usually like to wait about three days after you get this kind of disappointment. So carrying into Monday or thereabouts. But implied volatility hasn't fallen that much. I might actually look at selling some downside put credit spreads to help finance the remainder of the decay that's left in that call spread now that we have this information at following earnings. Ryan, what would you do? Yeah, that's not a bad strategy, actually, that Mike lays out here using some credit spreads to sort of capture some of that premium. So I do like that. In general, I'm more of a player in the consumer staples right now. I think big balance sheet, kind of that staple kind of stock is where I'm playing it versus a discretionary where Starbucks tends to fall 
in that area right now. I think that plays out for the next few months while things kind of shake out in this market. So maybe stay away, but at least if you're going to sell a put spread as a credit spread. I'd be a little bit, you know, slightly out of the money, obviously, taking, you know, a buck or two of premium and, and keep it to that. Carter? Yeah, pretty heavy damage. Obviously, a drop in gap associated with the earnings uh, disappointment. On the other hand, and this is important, and you see it on the screen, the sell-off leaves the stock very close to its well-defined uptrend line, in effect, since uh, early 22. My hunch is to, if one is still long, retain the longs. All right. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take some tweets. Our first fan asks, with the recent run-up in Eli Lilly, how would you feel about fading this pop with the June 16, 430 puts? Brian. Well, Lilly based in Indianapolis. I'm headed down there in a couple weeks to just see some of the time trials. I've never done that before. But the people might be down there hate me for saying this and saying, yeah, buying a put probably makes sense. Maybe financing it with a four, selling a 410 put against it. The stock's had a huge run out. I mean, kudos to them. The Alzheimer's drug looks like it's having promising results. The, the weight loss drug for, for diabetics, also very good. So, But it's probably time to take some profit here. Market cap nearing Johnson & Johnson level. So I take some profits, use a put or a put spread to do that. All right, next fan asks, I'm curious if Carter remains long on Amazon after earnings. Price action, Carter, where do you stand? Yeah, so the day before earnings, trading at 105, stock popped to 111, sunk to 101, and guess where we closed today? 105 and 60 cents, a big old unch. But the important thing is I think the stock is bottoming. Yes, I like Amazon long. All right, time for the final call. Back over to you, Carter. Kick it off. Sure, silver. Gold will do it, too. Brian Sutlin. I think PayPal's got some catching up to do the upside. Buy the call spread vertical. All right, Mike Coe. You know, sometimes in-the-money call spreads are a way to take advantage of the dynamic of call skew. I like that in GLD and SLB. Yeah, and don't forget, Carter said to sell Apple. That was something I wasn't expecting tonight, but he said it. That does it for us here on Options Action. Back next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Don't go anywhere. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. All opinions expressed by the Options Action participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information the Options Action participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warn its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Options Action Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Options Action Disclaimer. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 